The Club Championship Show on OTB Sports. Brilliant game of hurling, edge your seat stuff, Tony Kelly, masterclass from start to finish. To win a Connacht Senior Championship is uh, it's special. The Club Championship Show. Subscribe to the GEA podcast feed on the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM. With Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. It's the Friday morning of the World Cup final on Sunday afternoon and I'm delighted to welcome Simon Delaney and Owen Colgan to the show. Gentlemen, you're both very welcome. Um, Owen, it looks like you're uh, cheering for Argentina. I'm a, a master of deduction here. Hello, guys. How are you getting on? How's it going? Can you hear me? We can, yeah. How are you? I'm kind of losing you there, but uh, yeah, I'm definitely cheering on Argentina. I'm actually in Buenos Aires as we speak. Uh, Buenos Aires in Mayo or in uh, actual Buenos Aires? Buenos Aires is uh, Buenos Aires in Donegal, which is like a spin-off town. <laughs> so, I don't know. I'm actually I'm actually in Buenos Aires in Argentina. Are you really? Wow! When did you decide yeah. to go? What's that? When did you decide to go to Argentina? What did I sell? A couple of couple of kidneys, but uh, it's definitely worth it. It's a great atmosphere here. Vamos Argentina! Wow! Unbelievable! They give me the mat as well, so. Does it work? It's lovely stuff, yeah. This really gets you into the mood. This is just <laughs> regular mate, but this is what everyone's drinking on the streets. Uh, very good. Um, Simon Delaney, who are you up for? Uh, well, I got France in the draw and work, so I'll be gone for France. That was enough to keep you keep you on board? You weren't like, <laughs> n- not for you, the romance of Leo Messi finally crowning his career? Screw that. Well, do you know what? We were watching the first game on set while we were filming, which, of course, we shouldn't have been doing. Um, when Argentina got beaten, and I, I turned to someone and I said after the game, I said, now's the time to back them because obviously their price will get better and uh, they'll, I think they'll go all the way. So I think it's the point that everybody everybody wanted, but I just think France are going to be too strong on Sunday. I kind of have that feeling as well that actually, I, I hope I'm wrong and everybody keeps telling me, oh, Argentina are getting better as the tournament goes on. Yeah. But I just have this little bit of concern that better defence, better midfield, better attackers... And uh, I, d- I do think, um, completely biased as an Aston Villa fan, that uh, our goalkeeper is way better than their goalkeeper. <laughs> yeah, there is that. He's and he's a bit of a character, isn't he? Um, he's certainly a man for riding the crowd up. Um, yeah, I just think man for man, France are a better team. But the romantics amongst us, you know, still want Messi to do it on Sunday. But I think it'll be France. Um, we're just going to try and fix the line to Owen there. So, so I might stick with you for a moment. <clears throat> uh, yeah. The, the World Cup, obviously, born of controversy, right? Um, and uh, massive amounts of corruption led to the World Cup being here. And horrific uh, at the start of um, over the last number of years, the amounts of deaths that have been uh, catalogued. And, and yet, mm. the whole sports washing thing has, has worked to the point where everybody's saying this is one of the greatest World Cups of all time. That's just how, um, that's just how life works. Yeah, it's it was a strange one coming into it because we're all so used to watching and loving the World Cup and the whole thing about it, A, being in Qatar, then the time of year and the idea of watching the World Cup the week before Christmas Day. It all just felt so so wrong for so many different reasons. But it has been a great tournament. Um, I, I, I was a bit disappointed in terms of, you know... Not disappointed in terms of the levels of protest, but you know there was so much uh, talk before the tournament about you know it shouldn't be here. People are going to try and make a point while they're out there. The whole controversy with the armbands then before the first game. I thought that would have rolled on a bit further through the tournament, uh, but it seemed to sort of die away. 
Yeah, it definitely did. No, no individual player has actually taken no. a, a significant stand who you hoped would take a significant stand. Um, once the football started, they decided that they were all about their business. Uh, yeah. one, one last point on this before we go on. Um, I have to say I'm loving the Christmas World Cup. I think it's great. I would be yeah. all up for this again <laughs> if that was to happen in future. Yeah, it's there's there's something about it. This is we all kind of forgot about, you know, the controversies and all that when we were being served up three and four four matches a day. There's just something about it. I mean, I I've been watching it with uh, <clears throat> my sons. You know, the eldest sixteen, then a fourteen year old, ten year old, and six year old, and they they've really been into it. Um, and I, I, I've often made the comment, and I've made this through previous World Cups as well, when you have the likes of, you know, Tunisia playing, they are games that you would never seek out and watch at any other time of the year in any other competition. But when you're getting served up these games one after the other, it's just... <laughs> I mean, it is a festival of football, and we can't get away from it. And it, it those, some of the games have been—I mean, I watched the first three games I watched were nil-nil draws. So I thought it was a bit of an Uncle Albert. I said, "I'm not going to watch anymore." But I think as the tournament went on, we got some great shocks, some great surprises. There's been some cracking games, um, and I was listening to Kevin Kilban earlier on talking about the the refereeing I mean yeah it, it was okay up to the quarter final stage but my god the wheels came off then in terms of refereeing some of it's been absolutely atrocious it is mad that they invented VAR and uh, it has managed to yeah. screw things up are you a fan of the summer or winter what's your take uh, I'm not a big soccer fan in general I've only, I only started tuning in was it last Friday night in the middle of uh, Holland and Argentina good time to start by god I turned it on at the right time that was absolutely fascinating Um, and I just thought the the cojones for that for that last free kick to not take the shot and try and work it and even with the the fella lying down behind the wall it was just fascinating and then obviously watching England as well is just a fascination Irish people have a fascination with with English football and it's probably throw it to the two boys as well and maybe just to, to own first like what was the reaction to, to Harry Kane's penalty penalty miss? Can you hear us, Owen? Yes, sorry, what was in there? Question was, what was your reaction when Harry Kane missed the penalty? He put it into another you know planet. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you the truth. I have a brother that's living in London, so I was actually in London for that game, and I was in a pub, and when Harry Kane missed the penalty, I had to pretend that I was upset by it, but <laughs> there was a big reaction in the pub. People were upset, and I do know that Harry Kane, I have seen him holding a Mayo jersey, so... Half of me kind of wanted him to score, but at the same time, I don't think I would have liked to see them in the final because uh, they're a good team. But uh, if they won it, you'd never hear the end, the end of it. So, you know, I was kind of bittersweet to see him missing, but I'm happy that France are in the final against Argentina. But uh, I would be sickened now if France win it again. Because some, uh, some people reckon his curse started the minute he put his hands in that Mayo jersey. Pardon? Some people reckon that uh, Harry Kane's curse started the minute he put his hands in the Mayo jersey. Well, that curse is finished now because your man, unfortunately, the last fellow for the curse has passed away. So that curse is done and dusted. So England are going to need to have another excuse no more than Mayo next year. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it's, it's funny. Bittersweet. So uh, was there? Um, what was the pub like in the aftermath of the game? Who were they blaming? Pardon? Who were they blaming in the pub in England when after the match? Like, whose fault is it? Who's fired is it? <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't hear you there. <laughs> I was wondering who the England football fans that you were watching the game with, who did they blame when they went out? 
I was there. I was there with my brother and my father actually, because uh, my my brother had a child recently. So we were just the three of us in a pub in a corner. But most people were shouting for England. There was a few, a few uh, hidden French fans in there as well. So we kind of flocked towards them at the end of the game. But um, no, it was a great game, and England did well, you know. But it's again just to reiterate, it's nice to not see them in the final. Yeah, I don't know if. Um... I, 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 when he missed, I just couldn't believe it. Like I just couldn't, couldn't believe it. There was this. Uh, there's obviously like a, a yelp, but I kind of wanted to see extra time, and I, 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 I kind of wanted to see. England. I know it, it would have been nice. It would have been nice to see a bit extra time. Yeah, and I think England they almost deserved a bit of extra time. But um, again, you can't go against the French, you know. But I do think I do think that Argentina have it. From talking to people on the streets here now, there's a great atmosphere, and uh, I think that the Argentinians now it's time for them to pick up that cup again. Was it always your plan to go to Argentina if they got this far? Or is this a coincidence? Yeah. No, no, it was. It was. Because I'm, I'm actually uh, I'm married to an Argentinian woman. So uh, she wanted. To, she said to me, if we get to the final, we have to go. So I found cheap flights out from Knock. Um, although I had to go via Frankfurt. But uh, yeah, definitely it was the plan at the beginning of the World Cup. If they got to the final, we would be there in the heart of football. Buenos Aires. Where will you watch it? I'm going to watch it in a in a pub down the town. It's called a James Joyce pub, actually. So I'm going to go in there for a, a few quiet pints. But apparently, if I wear this jersey in there and let them know that I'm Irish with all the Adver Brown stuff, I won't have to put my hand in my pocket. <laughs> uh, free pints. Have, so you've obviously been to Buenos Aires before. Pardon? You've obviously been to Buenos Aires before. No, no, no. First time here. First oh, time right. Here. Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm new to the scene, but uh, I'm really loving it. People are very friendly and uh, lots of handshakes going around. The thing that immediately struck me was, is like, Knocker doing direct flights to Buenos Aires? <laughs> Hardly. <laughs> no, they, I, had to go, I had to go back the way towards Frankfurt. It's almost like he was in London. He was following England. He's moved to Argentina now. I couldn't think of a better place to be to, for the World I'm Cup final. I'm out of the world. I've changed my license since lockdown. I wanted to just get out there, you know. Uh, Buenos Aires is, is wild when like I was there for St. Patrick's Day one year and the whole city not the whole city but a large portion of the city closed down and everybody was out in the streets so I can only imagine what it's going to be like if they actually win this thing you know there's a massive pressure on the team to deliver although the pressure seems less so uh, obviously with your uh, half Argentine life now what do you think the pressure is on Messi at this stage? I, I lost you there towards the end. What's the pressure like on Messi? Is there no pressure? Is he free? Or do you feel like he has to deliver this for the country? Do I feel like the whole country's behind Messi? Yeah, that'll do. Messi looked troubled in, in previous World Cups, burdened down yeah. by the fact of, <clears throat> like, you, know, you have to win the World Cup to reach Maradona's status. This one, he doesn't seem <clears throat> to be playing with the same level of... I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, all, it's all, like complete projection on my part but it just feels like he, he seems a bit freer yeah I mean we can't even begin to imagine the amount of pressure that's on him because you know people have even stopped talking about it being France against Argentina it's, it's Messi against France you know the, the pressure that he must be under can you imagine if it goes you know the, the full the full length on Sunday and it goes to penalty kicks, you know, and he will, as he does, he'd probably step up first on like Neymar, but um, the pressure that he's under to deliver this, and, you know, he's delivering it for for a country, you know, I I, I think it's it's incredible, it's all, more, it's all the more remarkable then that he's delivering those performances while under that pressure, um, because this probably will be, well, he's 35, his last World Cup, 
you know, never say never. He could come back uh, in four years' time. But I just don't know if that team... I mean, I've been really impressed with DePaul. And, you know, I think Martinez has been superb when he's played. They are a very, very good team. But I just think if you break it down and look at position for position, I just think... For me, one of the players of the tournament has been Griezmann. Uh, you know, again, listen to Kevin earlier on talking about Deschamps' management in replacing Pogba. Uh, you know, with Griezmann, <clears throat> who would have thought of doing that? And it's worked beautifully. <clears throat> I just think France will edge it. But the pressure that Messi must be under. I mean, does the man not suffer with nerves? <clears throat> My God almighty, stand on that tunnel on Sunday. And it will be effectively a home game. The, the Argentinian fans have been unbelievable right through the tournaments how so many of them are getting out there is beyond me because it ain't a cheap place to go or get to um, so the atmosphere will certainly be it'll be like a home game and the pressure on that man's shoulders it's just staggering just speaking of pressure on Messi I don't know if you saw that uh, it wasn't an interview necessarily but it was a, an Argentinian journalist female journalist basically having a word with Messi at the end of the interview saying like win, lose or draw this World Cup final like you're still a legend to all of us I was really getting emotional looking at it and you're just kind of thinking I think she was trying to not put pressure on him but it, to me it nearly put more pressure on him because she was downplaying it and it just but uh, I can't imagine but he's he's dealt with it like he's dealt with it better this year than any other year would it be fair to say the pressure that's been on him that's, yeah. I also think that's an interesting point in terms of that if, if they don't win it I think you know unlike say you know maybe an English player who could miss a penalty. I don't think Messi will get slated the way, say, an English player might get slated for losing them the Euros or losing them the World Cup. I mean, there's almost that thing of it'll make him even more of a hero because he's done so much in this World Cup to get them to the final that if, you know, it's not, it's never going to be his fault if they lose it. They will be beaten. If they're beaten, they will be beaten by a better team on Sunday. So I don't think it'll affect, and I think you're dead right, that reporter's dead right, is not going to affect his his status as, as, as an iconic figure in that country if they do lose it. If he wins it, I mean, they'll basically just dip him in bronze and stick a statue of him in one of the main squares of Buenos Aires. But I don't think he would get slated. I think the, I think they'll feel sorry for him and they'll get behind him even more. I mean, look at look at the way they talk about Maradona yes he delivered a World Cup in 86 and that but you know look at look at what happened to Maradona in his personal life and his career over the years and the Argentinian people there's almost a martyrdom to him you know and I think that if if Argentina lose on Sunday it, it won't take away from Messi's achievements you know he's delivered a Copa America he's already done that he's taken that you know, noose from his neck. That that's gone. He's won a tournament with the with the national team. Yes, the Holy Grail is the World Cup. And again, going back to the, like, he will be under huge pressure as will the rest of the team. And I think what's been really interesting watching right through the tournament as well is listening to all of the other Argentinian players and their manager. Is that they're all basically saying we're doing it for him. They're not there to win the World Cup for themselves, even. You know, I mean, what an achievement for any player to be part of a squad that wins a World Cup. But they're all doing it because of him. So when you have that mentality, you know, these lads are going to run through brick walls for him. And it could be a very interesting game on Sunday in terms of how they decide to set up Argentina. You know, will they will they try and beat France? Will they man-mark them? Will they kick lumps out of them? Or will they just try and get the ball to Messi and see what happens? Yeah, it's going to be fascinating to watch. 
It is, it is. And I do wonder, right, that's obviously a great psychological trick to, re- to release the pressure on the rest of the team. It's their cause and everybody rallies behind it. Puts a little bit of extra pressure on him. And if it works, it's genius. But if it fails at the end, it's like, you know, I don't know. I think you're right, though, that um, because the rest of the supporting cast isn't at the same level as France's, if he manages to pull it off, it's an even greater achievement than the great achievement of getting the team to a World Cup final again. Like, he, he dragged the team to a World Cup final previously. He's done it again. They're, you know, I'm not writing off the rest of the team because uh, obviously there's some really, really, really good footballers in it. But on the other side of this, right, France also looking for a little bit of history. The second mm-hmm. manager in history to retain it. The last one was in the 30s. Like, you know, mm-hmm. literally a completely... Those World Cups, by all accounts, were chaos and um, interesting. Uh, and... There must be extra pressure on them a little bit that they're trying to be as great as the Brazil team of Pele. And Mbappe is stepping into the natural successor to Pele as somebody who goes and wins three World Cups in his lifetime. Like, it's it's a level of... Um, like, what's riding on this is is all-time <clears throat> greatness. That's the, the size of the game on Sunday. Yeah, that's very true, and that lies on both sides. I mean, as you say, France get the chance to do something that is truly historic on Sunday. Deschamps as well, what an achievement it would be for him. Um, The Mbappe thing, I mean, I don't know whether I speak for the majority of the football community, but I mean, I wouldn't be the biggest Mbappe fan. I think he is... You know, look at look at the current deal that or the most recent deal he signed at PSG. I mean, some people would say that he's he's everything that's wrong with the current game. You know, in terms of the modern player, player power. You know, how, how in the name of God does a player have written into his contract that he has decisions on who the manager is, on who transfers in, transfers out? But that's that's a whole different debate, which you've had before. Uh, but I don't, I don't, I don't feel <clears throat> outside of France. There's a general love for wanting Mbappe to do it. I mean, again, you're right, Jer. Step back and look at what's what's on on the line on Sunday. I mean, Mbappe has the chance to win two World Cups. He's what? What is he? Twenty three? Yeah. Is he even twenty three? I mean, that's staggering. Deschamps, first manager to win it twice. You know, the country themselves, first ones to win it back to back since sixty. I mean, there's so much on riding on the game from for, for for both countries. I think neutrals, um, and again, the romantics amongst us will be screaming for Messi. They want Messi to do it. Um, and you know, going back to even the last World Cup, you know, watching Pogba as a United fan, watching those videos ad nauseum of Pogba's speeches in the dressing room after, and thinking, well, where does that does that disappear when he comes to Old Trafford? You know, where, where's that player? Um, is there a lot of love generally for for the French team? I mean, they've had they've had a decent tournaments. Griezmann's had a brilliant tournaments. Um, you know, they've had some. Like, not that they've had an easier path but I think is, is there general love for the French team I don't know the final you, you bring up an interesting point about Mbappe right? And but I don't know if everybody remembers Antoine Griezmann had like a, a TV live decision about where he was going to go in the style <laughs> of a LeBron James like and it was this massive thing on the internet for 24 hours where and then he announced he was just signing a new contract with Atletico Madrid like he yeah. didn't have a big reveal at least when LeBron made the decision, it was like, oh, I'm taking my talents to South Beach. It was like, oh, he's gone to Miami. That's going to be interesting. He was like, I've signed a new deal with my current employers. And the whole world had to stop and watch this. Like the, so there's definitely a strain of ego. Now, Griezmann's obviously backing it up at the moment with his performances. So 
Uh, no, definitely. there is, but there's also that thing, Jer, of you know, of you talk about ego and all that. You know, I work in a business uh, where where ego is <laughs> it's it's alive and well. But but in my business, <clears throat> in terms of actors and that, you know, I've seen it. It, it, it's it's not the person it's it's the it's the cohort it's the entourage around them like you, you know did Griezmann sign up for that thing when someone said to him do you know what we'll do we'll do this thing where we do a big reveal like how much is a player involved in decisions like that the Alexis Sanchez re- reveal video for United the piano <laughs> thing how much is the player involved in that like does he go to his market people and said lads I have a great idea now for when I sign I'm going to play a piano, yeah. I mean, because I see it in terms of on set and, and groups around people and, you know, it just entourages. I mean, I wonder how much do, you know, how much are the players responsible for things like that? And going back to Mbappe, that whole, you know, his contract, he didn't negotiate that contract. So I'm not slating him for saying, Jesus, he demanded he a shout and who's the manager and who's in and who's out. His his team, you know, negotiated that contract. His team, you know, would have suggested this is what we're going to ask for. These are the clauses we're going to look for. Now, look, at the end of the day, Mbappe has to go, yeah, great idea, let's do that, or no, I'm yeah. taking a stand. But I'm just wondering how much is the individual, like when we point all this, not hatred, but this talk about, you know, Mbappe being everything's wrong with the modern game. He's the Instagram footballer. It's all that bullshit of, you know, stuff you see on the training ground. But that that's a marketing team around him. Like he doesn't wake up in the morning and go, lads, can we post a video of me of nutmeg and Varane? And, you know, it's, yeah, but he, uh, he backs it up with performances is the other thing. You can, you well, can get away true. with it, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. And we, we tolerate it because the performances are yeah. at such a high level. So uh, it's well set up. Oh, it is well set up. Just when you're talking about unveilings, the Santi Cazorla unveiling is the best one ever. I don't remember that one. You know, where he's like, uh, it's almost like a tube in the middle of the pitch. He signs with some European club and uh, there's all smoke in it and all of a sudden he's just standing there like that with his arms folded <laughs> and there's a lad doing all like what looks like magic in front Villa of him Villarreal I'm reliably Villarreal yeah it was yeah. madness look it up it's hilarious yeah I did like Sadie because I thought he was a great player he was a beautiful little left foot on him uh, right Simon you've been very good with your time I understand you have COVID as well so uh, you've been a trooper for us yes. this morning what are you working oh, on at the moment are you allowed to tell us or is that all top secret yeah yeah no I'm, I've been filming a thing up in Belfast since October Jer. Um it's a new six part drama series for the BBC and uh, Showtime um, and we're, we're on our Christmas hiatus now as the Americans call us we're back on sale on the 3rd of January and we film right through to the end of February so that's going to hit the screens probably uh, October next year. So, yeah, that's pretty much been been. And I'm lucky enough to get called with the week I finish for Christmas. So uh, I'm in currently in isolation ward two in Delaney Towers here. Swings and roundabouts a little bit. Uh, at least the, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The telly is decent uh, at this time of year. Correct. And 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 like, what's the name of the project? Are you? Is that? Yeah, no, it's 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 called The Woman in the Wall, and it uh, stars Ruth Wilson, who you'd know from Luther. Mrs. Wilson's War and uh, the brilliant Daryl McCormick from Peaky Blinders and then there's a great cast uh, cast of Irish actors that are making, making up the ensemble it's 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 a drama set in the west of Ireland in a fictional village in the west of Ireland and it revolves around two murders a murder down in that village and a murder in Dublin and the two murders are are connected so brilliantly written <coughs> excuse me by Joe Murta um, <coughs> whose parents were from the west of Ireland and uh, 
yeah, we're we're sort of halfway through that now, so we'll see the uh, results of that near the end of next year. Uh, fictional villages in the west of Ireland are so hot right now. That's your, your Derek Zoolander <laughs> moment. <laughs> that's it, yeah, that's it, yeah. So I'm trying my best west of Ireland accent now to be from County Mayo over that side, you know. There you go. The curse is <laughs> over. We, we were reliably informed this morning. That was news to me. <laughs> Simon, great to have you with us. Thanks a million. Best of luck. Cheers. My pleasure. Take care. Enjoy the final on Sunday, lads. You too. Thanks, Thanks a million. Uh, our thanks to Simon Delaney and Owen Colgan. Unfortunately, the line to Buenos Aires didn't um, re-establish itself uh, in good enough quality because he was guessing my questions and um, sometimes they were better than the original ones. So. I kind of thought at one stage that he was actually just trying to take the piss out of you. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still not sure that wasn't the case. Uh, you know, is he actually a knock? You just know, you just never know. No, you just you never, never know. You never do. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.